All right, in five, four, three, two, one, go. Action. <laughs> well, we are live uh, here for what turns out, it's actually episode two, but it's going to have to be episode one <laughs> because um, the struggle is real. And, and the, we're pressing reset. Yeah, exactly what we're doing. Um, the struggle is real in podcasting, and we had a learning experience here from day one, um, where we had, uh, you know, I mean, I, I would, I mean, I know I'm a little biased, but I would say a good hour's worth of like, uh, you know, we Golden Globe, Oscar, Tony winning material. I agree. And, um, from um, the start, though, the from the setup with the mics, cameras. Lights or lighting, rather, because we're in a different place yeah, now. Yeah, we switched it up a little bit. I think bit. we look a little bit brighter than we did the first time. Yeah, I think we're definitely, uh, it was a learning experience and we have learned. So, uh, but we did lose an hour of content. Uh, and so we're making another shot at it. Um, but happy to be here with you guys. And, um, you know, experience is the uh, best well, definitely teacher. Be <laughs> Well, it'll definitely be the best. Uh, I don't want to say that we lost the content. It was more of a learning experience for us. Yeah, we'll um, say a dress rehearsal. Yes, I think is a dress, dress rehearsal. And actually, though, this isn't as easy as I think I'm going to make a nice statement as I thought it would be. Oh, absolutely um, not. From I think the setup was okay. That's normal. But the editing was not as simple no I think that, I thought it would be yeah and I think that we had to you know we got to kind of change we had to change a few things up to make make it easier and more because I mean we're both full-time coaches uh, I'm running a family business and a teacher and you know uh, I like to spend a little bit of time with my kids every once in a while so just uh, you a know, little so um, yeah that's exactly who we are teachers coaches I mean, I have a family. I don't have a family of, like, I'm not the head of, I am the head of my household, but it's just me <laughs> and my house. I don't have a wife, kids, a dog, a cat, a bonus room. I don't have those things. Don't um, don't leave out that you're black. Okay, yes. Let's state the obvious, Captain. I am black. And it's, it's not obvious, though. To it is people. obvious because we're recording also. Yeah, it's only obvious to people who will watch it on YouTube, though. Like, if they just yes. listen to the podcast, because I'm trying to get this thing posted on, like, Spotify and all that, oh. they won't have the videos. So. Well, let me forgive the audience who are just going to be joining the millions, audio. The millions. The millions right? of, of... I am a black man, and our my co-host here is as white as Casper. Not Very really, good. though. He's more like a ginger, so he has a bit of an anger, anger problem if the shoe fits. Uh, it probably does. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So with that said, we are um, great friends, but I would I think we both would agree that we are complete opposites in Absolutely. Um, our perspectives on life. But at the same time, we're both super competitive. Yeah, super competitive. I think there's a lot of similarities in a lot. It's a great Venn diagram. It's a great compare and contrast model. Um, and so... We decided to give this a shot. This is catfish and cornbread. Uh, it's kind of like Hootie and the Blowfish, where there is no actual Hootie. So neither <laughs> one of us are catfish or cornbread. As many of the people in the like initial launch, when we were kind of testing ideas, see if people would like it, uh, everybody was trying to assign names. Um, and you can hear the bitterness in uh, his voice. So I compromised and said, we'll both just be catfish. 
right? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm cool with uh, the, the reason why is I have two like very, um, there's two people who have been in my life in previous experiences, both with the nickname Catfish and Cornbread. And Time both, out, I have to ask a question. Uh-huh. With the nickname Catfish, do they look like a catfish? No. it, it was. they'd be pretty ugly. No, Sorry, a, I hope it's no, not like your no, he was an older gentleman. brother, he was, cousin. No, no, no he, was like, like he was like a great dude. He was an older guy, but he's just a little different, you know, just not in my, not who I would associate myself as being somebody like. And then the other one was a guy that I played football with my first year. He ended up quitting, but he was a walk-on. Uh, he called himself Cornbread, and he was – like from the movie Life, like you know, eat Joe Cornbread. No, 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 no. He was very no. cornbreadish. This guy, like. So you're saying um, he was soft? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe I would be saying that. I'd hate to, you know, cast too many aspersions on him. I didn't know him for a very long time, but he, he, he was kind of a cornball. I think would be a better expression. He was like goofy dude. Like he, he you know, he'd make you laugh every once in a while, but. Uh, but he wasn't I, tough I was, as an athlete, I would as think, a football player. I'm I would not think, say athlete. Yeah, I would think like Screech, Screeches. Screeches, yes. I'd, I'd, I'd use that adjective to describe him. Screeches. That's fair. Yeah. I was thinking of Screech from Saved by the Bell. Is that what you were going for? Yeah, also? yeah, Screeches. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Saved by the Bell, Screech. That's a classic. So, yeah, also. like, you know, you, you, it was, he was a fun guy, and you liked watching him, but you didn't want to necessarily be roommates with him. Does that make sense? Fair. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. I'm going to stop asking 21 questions about your friend. nickname. So, cornbread. Um, so we this this is we are not. We should say it this way. We are not cash, catfish and cornbread. This is, is catfish, catfish and cornbread. cornbread. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. our purpose is just to bring you um, wisdom. We're both smart. <laughs> yeah. One is I a hope geek. I hope you have one. a note, notebook and a pen out there. <laughs> Keep it handy. <laughs> to bring you wisdom. One of us is a geek. The other one is just well rounded. We'll let you all be um, the judge there because Absolutely. people get a little bitter when you call them names and that's common of course uh so we want to bring you some current events we're going to talk about some political things we don't share necessarily the same political views on a lot of topics so that this should be interesting as the podcast goes along we're going to talk about our travels which we both love to do absolutely been to some different places uh and then we're going to like talk about some what ifs or possibilities of things and how they affect our lives and the people um, that are connected to us that we gather with on a daily basis. Yeah, and speaking of travel, man, that kind of hits us right into the section thing. Dude, I am beat. I'm sure. I mean, dude, we have been going hard in the paint, the Wiles family here. Um, since Christmas break. Since Christmas break, yeah. We are, we've been back about a week. Today is uh, Sunday, uh, January, January 12th. 12th. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I think since about December the 24th, man, we have been going. This is, this is maybe – I maybe had one day where I had nothing planned. Did you sleep? Yes. Okay. Um, so where'd your, where has your travels led you? Well, you know, we – when the day after Christmas, you know, you do all the family thing and you're traveling here and there, just kind of local stuff for Christmas. And the day after Christmas, we headed to Disney World. Um, which we try Great to do that. Trip. Yeah, we try to do that every couple years uh, with our kids and their age, and trying to enjoy that. So we headed to Disney World, and we spent like ten hours a day in the parks for four days straight, and then drove home, um, and had a blast at Disney World. Um, I, 
think we could do a whole podcast just about how to Disney. You know, I, I was been thinking about that. Well, but. how to Disney with a family would look different than just if. Are there people who like go by themselves to Disney? I'm sure there are, and I don't want to. Like, I'm sure there's like some run. white vans that pull up. <laughs> And they're like, I don't want to throw a stone. Riding by like, the I'm pickup. not a fan of dining alone. Like, I'll go, like, order, take out a pickup or whatever. But, like, I'm not going to eat in at a restaurant. Like, not even sit at a bar by my lonesome self. I, and it's just, you know, my thing. I don't, you know, I don't think you're a lame person if you're doing that. It's just something I wouldn't do. So, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Do you think there are people in our world who wake up in the morning by themselves and say, I'm going to go to Disney. I would imagine that that person would have to be, you know, have to exist just considering how many different people I've met in my life. But I would not I have another disclaimer. Sorry though. If you are that person or you fall under the umbrella, I'm not judging you. Yeah, I just would love to hear, would love to hear from you. You'll like, also understand. Why that, is it that you go alone? Yeah. That coach Brown is a lot more, uh, PC engaged than I am. Yes, very much um, so. I don't, you know, if there is that person that goes along, I don't understand it. I do not to each his own, and I very much support that. Uh, but I make no apologies for not understanding it, and I know I have no idea. Um, and 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 I'll say this too: if you are one of them people, Coach Brown will go with you. Um, well, so. I just want to understand. I'm not sure that I would necessarily go with you. I'm not a huge Disney person. Um, you just I actually laugh. Uh, and I don't know if this is you and your family, but like I just don't understand the infatuation with Disney. Now, yes, I have been twice. Once when I was very young, and then I guess it's been two years now. I um, assisted with our head boys basketball coach at our school and went to Disney with a group of varsity boys basketball players. And we had a great time. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would ever do that trip Again, it was fun. I'm sure you can well, attest to this. It the, was also tiresome. The, yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, now, there's no doubt. It's not, it's, it's, it's an experience more than it's a vacation, I would say. But the most important, you, you, there is a, I am the most um, fly by the seat of my pants. I don't really care. Let's load up and go uh, type of guy. Um, and Disney cannot be fully enjoyed doing it that way. Um, and that's the first thing you have to understand. So you have to plan. Yeah, you have to be like you have to plan. You have to plan and then like backup plan for things that don't go your way or different things. Like you have to, but if you've got that system in place, and so that's what I was saying. I think we could do some of the like like if you go to Disney, if anybody's planning to go to Disney, you need to plan to rest. Like, um, and I know that sounds silly, but. Like, every, we spent 10 hours in the park, but we also had a three-hour break in the middle every day. Um, and we also decided that next time we would go, we would, if we were going for four days, we we're going to have a day in the middle just to spend on the resort because there's plenty enough stuff to do there where, you know, you could go for a couple of days, mm -hmm. spend a day in rest, a day around the resort, around the pool, go into Disney Springs where they got all the shops and everything, and then um, go the last two days, and it would make it more enjoyable. So will you, in knowing those things, how does that change your travel? Are you just going to leave your car parked, Uber, ride yeah, the Disney transportation, the, or just so varies? The Uber is what we really enjoyed, you know. Um, or Lyft. Let's just throw that out there, yeah, too. Some people like Lyft. I'm a Lyft fan because I had a bad Uber experience. But most of those guys do both. Have you noticed that? No. 
<laughs> most of them have like both. I don't ride. I most of them have like the both often. little um, emblems in it. Yeah, so they just pick okay. up from the one that's whichever available, and they're on the clock for both of them. But um, now, Di- now Lyft has a thing partnered with Disney where you can use the mini vans, the and they look like kind of decorated like mini mouse. But I, I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, it, when we were in a rush or we needed to get somewhere, we Ubered. Uh, so going to the parks, going to the reservation, doing this, doing that, we usually Ubered. Coming okay. back, we usually use Disney transportation. And, I mean, to be honest with you, it was about $12, $13 per trip. I mean, you're talking about four days. So, And we went all over. We, we would go in three parks in one day. We went wherever. Three the, parks in one oh, day? Oh, yeah. We would, we would travel Jeez. away from the crowd as best we could. Okay. You know what I mean? So, like, we might... Like if we had magic hours because we stayed on the park in this park, we might start there, do what we wanted to do, what we could get in. And when it got busy, we might leave and go to one that didn't have magic hours because all the people. What is the difference between magic hours and regular hours? So magic hours. It's like a flash pass? uh, No, it's like they'll open the park a little earlier for you. But I I would imagine that all these dynamic Disney lovers – have magic passes, so like magic hours. Yeah, no, a lot of people. Magic hours, a lot of people are. don't stay on resort. So, so like you a, can only get a magic mm-hmm. magic hours if you're at a resort. Pretty sure, like if you stay on resort. So okay. if you're staying at a Disney property, a lot of people don't stay there because you can stay a lot of the places cheaper. So a lot of people go and they're like they're trying to do the the economical way. That is not us. Uh, we go for the full you know, experience. Yeah, we're gonna go and we're just gonna budget it in and spend as much money as we possibly can. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to ask how much money you're spending. It was a lot. But if there are magic hours for people who are at the resort, aren't there like people who are like Disney donors or like Disney club house members? They have a resort there that's like a Disney vacation club member. Uh I don't know. I'm sure there's some perks So they probably get extra perks. Yeah, I'm sure they would get something. I'm not sure what it is. We stayed like the resort. They just built a new resort. It's called the Riviera down there. Is that what you say? No, we're, we're not members. We stayed real close to it, the Caribbean Resort, which was right there. Um, which the first time we went, we stayed in the economy one. Caribbean uh, or Caribbean? Oh, uh, whatever in the heck, you know. Okay. Um, Was it themed? Yes, like Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're all, and like you can actually get rooms that have like pirate ship beds and stuff. We didn't get one. Kids were hoping for one, but we did get one. Oh, bummer. Terrible yeah. father. Well, I can't help it. I don't, you don't know which one you're getting until, you know. You can't request? I mean, um, this day and age, it's like additional information when you're typing things. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have my hands on that. I would imagine if that's something that that Am could have done, you know, it would have been done. Uh, sure. um, but I think it was kind of luck of the draw thing. Like you don't even know that they, the, the the Caribbean or Caribbean, however you say it, is broken down in like Aruba, Jamaica, uh, you know, all that. Where were you? Uh, Aruba, and um, so we didn't even know that till we got there. You know, you don't even know what like little pod or, or whatever. whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, but anyway, it was a great time. We ran hard, you know. Um, maybe it's a good time. Did uh, I wonder, let me ask you this. When you go, you stay at the Caribbean Resort, could you experience some Caribbean food at that resort? Oh, yeah. They got a restaurant that just opened up called Sebastian's Bistro. Okay. Uh, and it's totally dizzy themed, but it's got a Caribbean or Caribbean However, you want to say it. They have Which beaches. One works for you. Yeah, they have beaches. Like they they pipe in the sand. You know, that's one thing about you know Walt Disney. I think what he was trying to do is like literally create the escape. It's like he understood that most little kids were not going to be able to go and experience the Eiffel Tower, or they were not going to be able to go and experience. Uh, so he Japan. creates the Tower of Terror. Well, no, he has, yeah, exactly, yeah. But he also created. I wrote that. Yeah, he also not a fan. He also creates the Eiffel Tower so in the back corner, Epcot, and you can actually go like to Japan, like. When we went to Japan to eat, uh, we're big fans of Japanese food. They had a market like down there, and they were popping 
oysters and picking pearls and all this stuff and making into jewelry. It was like a, I mean, I, I've never been to Japan. Yeah, but I, I felt cool. like it, it felt like nothing that I've ever seen around here. So I imagine that's probably pretty culturally Accurate. reverent, okay. relevant, reverent. Um, but no, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's pretty I, cool. I'm a huge fan of experiencing authentic cultures in some degree. So yeah. I would love that. The um, the one thing that I was uh, I, maybe I'm not disappointed because the food was still good, but we went to a uh, teppanetto which is uh, like the cook in front of you j- mm-hmm. Japanese stuff. And I was expecting to be wowed by like authentic Japanese food. It's pretty much the same stuff we get here in the cook in front of you places. Well, is that not authentic? I didn't think it was. You know what I mean? Like, right. And I think, I think I'm skewed because one time I was, you know, my daughter likes to cook. I like to cook. It's like a hobby. But um, we, we, were, we were watching the Food Network or something, and the lady come out and said, there's nothing more American than Chinese food. Like what we call right. Chinese, like uh-huh. like like uh, the Chinese don't fry their foods, uh, and like it's very different. Um, it's been very Americanized or whatever, and so I, I just assumed that that would be Japanese food too, but no, not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, really, that I laugh, I chuckled kind of when you talked about the Food Network and liking to cook. I don't like to cook, and yeah. I I'm the person who's going to go to Publix and look for the foods that are like ready to serve or like put in the oven for 10 minutes and then it comes out. Yeah, um, you no. know, like those breakfast bowls. No. That's perfect for me. Three Absolutely minutes, not. I'm ready to go. I'm not into chopping anything. I'm the guy who would go and spend like $70 to make one meal. No. Like no, to create that breakfast that. bowl. But I was watching the Food Network channel one day. It was, a, it was a summer day. And they were like visiting different hot dog stands. So I went to the varsity because that's like a staple in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went to like these food trucks that serve hot dogs. Anyways, I started craving hot dogs. What is your favorite type of hot dog? My favorite type, like topping wise, like what do I want to put on a hot dog or how? Yeah, like how, it? like, like you have you like? Well, let me just say this. Shout out Taco Dog. All right, if any of you guys are in Spartanburg. Okay. Uh, Taco Dog. Taco Dog. Go by and see my buddy at Taco Dog. I can't remember his name. He used to, he was a big uh, helper <laughs> at Spartanburg. <laughs> Time out. Huh? You just said, go see a buddy of mine. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I can't remember his, his name. name. Yeah, I don't. That's not a buddy. Sorry. Well, maybe we disagree on the definition of buddy. Like, I, I would, yeah. somebody I met that, like, would that's recognize better. me. That's not your buddy. It's someone that you met. Okay. Well, that's fine. Then I, I don't use the word friend very, I use the word friend very, very. Loosely? No. Very strictly. Like, strictly. I use buddy with okay. people like I run into. Like, if I seen this guy, he might recognize me because we've been in there enough. And uh, when I was working at Spartanburg High School, he was a big donor there. Okay. Um, and and But I'm telling you, man, he does a Southwestern and American taco dog. But the dogs are, are like gourmet taco hot shit? dogs. No. They're like What's gourmet hot gourmet dogs. gourmet hot dog? Um, I mean, hot dogs, they come from the same place. What makes it gourmet? So, he has different styles. Like, the one that I like, you're going to think I'm crazy. Probably, which you probably already do. So no harm, no foul. But um, it's like you know they got these real high dollar buns. Uh, it's a really nice dog, and then uh, it's pimento cheese. Okay, um, I like salsa. All right, and um, they just like it's homemade pimento cheese, homemade salsa, and then uh, run uh, some is it tapio hot sauce down the middle of that thing, man. And uh, it is the grandest thing you've ever put in your mouth in the hot dog world, in my opinion. Grandest. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't the know. most grand. However you I know. don't know that I would try to replicate that. 
But if I saw it on the menu, it would be intriguing. Yeah. Me, no. probably more childlike, chili, uh, ketchup, you just mustard. Straightforward ballpark. Some onions. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that would be good for me. Dude, he, I, I tried it one time. I was like, I'm going to try that because it sounds so unique. I always, I'm big on that when I go places, like try something if it's out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I never ordered another thing. Like I would get his burritos. His burritos were, it was kind of like a Moe's on that end of it. All right. But, but it was healthier, better. You could get it on whole wheat uh, wraps and all that stuff. A healthy hot dog. And, um, <laughs> well, it's all beef, you know, Nathan's kosher. Okay. All right. Um, but, you know, uh, it was just, that, that's a great place. Uh, a buddy of mine turned me on to it. Yeah, Taco What's Dog. What's the name of Taco, Taco Dog? Taco Dog, yeah. It's right there by I the NCG. Right, right. right across Spartanburg High School, built a, built a school right there. Right across the street to the right, you'll see it. It's in a little shopping center, a little kind of hole-in-the-wall place. I don't, I am not a person who wavers from norm when it comes to food. I think, you know, I've had some what I would consider exotic food like oysters. <laughs> uh, exotic, huh? Yes. Uh, not a fan. Uh, really? I went to Charleston with some friends where I met them down there. And I love seafood, but they wanted to go to this oyster bar type place. This is a great place. You, if you're in Charleston, it's called The Ordinary. Um, so, But I'm not a party pooper, so if they, this is what they want to try, I'll, I'll try it. Uh, just not my thing. So the waiter was like, I think we have some lobster rolls from that we were serving at lunch. I can fix you those. And I was like, perfect. Oh, good. Bring me a yeah. good lobster roll. We just got back. Uh, we went down to... Um, you know, Charleston, we ran that volleyball tournament last weekend, but uh, one of my favorite places to visit in there. Have you ever been to Arby's at Shim Creek? I have not. Shim Creek's a cool little spot with a bunch of little places to eat, but Arby's okay. is a really good place down there. It's got a, it's got everything, you know, because I'm, I'm basically the only seafood eater. Me, um, my daughter will eat a little seafood. My wife will not. No. She'll do fried shrimp. Does that really count, though? I, I, I don't know. But it, for her, it's it does. It's Americanized. Well, yeah. I mean, it's what, but, you know, it's Southern, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So Southern. Fry it. What, what about peeling it? She won't do that? Mm, I, I don't think so. I might. She might try one or two, like if we do a low country bowl or something. Okay. But no, nah, not really. All right. All right. So well, um, I was going to say something else. My favorite place, um, hopefully you've been here. You have kids. You should have been here. Would be King Street Cooking. No. Been to King Street Cooking? Never been there. Why not? You got it. Um, oh, let me check my camera. Make sure that um, the world's going to see. Well, that. you were at Disney. You've been to Charleston. I, I mean, since since Christmas break, you know, my life has changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, professionally, um, I am getting ready to change schools. Uh, but I did take my basketball team to Carowinds, which was fun. It was mm-hmm. Winterfest. We had a good time. Again, I'm not a huge roller coaster person. However, because I'm competitive, I'm not going to sit out. I may sweat and have a little bit of anxiety while I'm in line, and will probably most likely close my eyes until I get a little bit more comfortable on the ride. Um, Mount Everest at Disney. Did y'all oh, ride yeah. that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I lost my mind. Really? Because you know, at the top before it gets ready to go in reverse, mm-hmm. if you look out in the distance there's like this casino resort that you kind of see and it also looks like people have like thrown gum and other things that are supposed to be at the top of a mountain i guess is what they're trying to do oh really no i didn't pay any attention do well i was too focused on the broken track well then i realized um 
we're about to go backwards. And I could not turn around. Done. Really? Never wrote it again. Really? The kids, that the basketball team, they literally laughed the entire time. I was sweating, like sweating as if I had just ran three miles. They um did they have did they have all the uh, like superimposed shadows of the Yeti and all that stuff when you went? I don't think y- so. Your eyes are probably closed. Yeah. Yeah, sure. See now they've added to it and like you can actually see the Yeti like he's out this big old silhouette like throwing stuff at you stuff. Oh like no, that's pretty cool. I, I won't be going. Okay, so if you go to Disney alone, keep it that way. Don't ask me. Not going. Definitely not riding there this time. Mm-mm. All right. So that that's about the bulk of my travel unless I've been traveling back from my house to my new house. <laughs> Moving, moving things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you in? I'm in, I would say, I'm officially in because my mom has been over to put her finishing touches on. She put some food in the refrigerator, some home-cooked food. Food in the refrigerator, uh, whatever she wanted to do to my living room, kitchen, hallway. Oh. I thought my bed was nice, but she goes out and buy a brand new comforter set. Uh, so, <laughs> hey. so I just kind of sit and watch football. I think I was watching the Chiefs and Ravens, maybe. Uh, the Who? Chiefs had the. Who did the Chiefs play today? Um, I don't have it on for a minute. That's one thing I want. I feel like it's the Ravens. I could be wrong. You might be right. Um, let's look it up real quick. We have the world though. Yeah. Chiefs versus. Anyways, I just the, the Patriots. You might have been watching no. a rerun. They played the Patriots today. No. No, it was not a rerun. It was rerun. It was live TV. It says Titans at Chiefs, January the nineteenth. Well, today is January twelfth, twenty twenty. So did you type it incorrectly? Uh, Probably not. Probably. It takes me to do things around here. January twelfth, twenty twenty. Texans. Texans, that's right. Yes, that's the game that I was watching. So this one, Deshaun, I watched huh? um, a little basketball before my mom got there. but um, So they won. The Chiefs beat the Texans, it says. It was a close game. Yeah. I was leaving to get ready to come here, so I didn't finish the game. But that's generally when she comes over, if she's coming to clean or decorate. Just like Burger King, she can have her way. I'll just sit you because just I'm way, huh? because I'm in the way. I you got know, you. even if I try to like lift or help her, yeah. or I like something here, I'm, it's a losing battle. So I just take a seat, watch TV, throw my feet up, and just chill. Wow. And when she leaves, if I want to move something, you move it then. Huh? I can. <laughs> That's good. So, did you um did you figure out the uh, email? Might be a good time to plug the email. Yes, I figured out the email. So you, I say I figured out the email. I'm pretty sure it is <laughs> Catfish and Cornbread 34. I chose the number 34. Well, let me finish this. Catfish and Cornbread at Catfish and Cornbread 34 at gmail.com. Good. See so, if that works. Yeah, you can give it a shot. That, that way, um, and you guys can, if anybody wants to email us in with like good questions or want to know anything about. Anything, but you know, I was thinking Disney, like uh, Disney advice. Right now, we ought to be we ought or to be places good. to travel. Yeah, or places to travel. So I've been to Australia mm-hmm. for twenty-one days. I would move there yesterday. Really, it's amazing. The culture's amazing. I think they're experiencing some wildfires right now, so some things are ruined, if I remember correctly. Yes. 
but I spent three days in Sydney, and then the other 18 days I was in Brisbane on Surfer's Paradise on the Gold Coast. Really? And did I learn to surf? I didn't learn to surf, but I definitely gave it a go. Probably you three times a day. Really? <laughs> you never got up? It was up? like a failure to launch. I couldn't even get up. Oh, man. But it looks so easy. You know, it's like one of those things. I'm super athletic, okay? I and can humble. do Well, no, it's just I'm a realist, okay? I'm. If you want to play water polo, maybe the first time I may be terrible at it, but you get me back the second, third time, I'm going to be a solid player. Like, you're going to want me on your team, all right? <laughs> uh, so I was looking at these kids or these men and women people surfing. I was like, this takes, this isn't easy. Have you ever you know? seen how in shape water polo people are? I've watched water polo. You Absolutely. Wouldn't make, you wouldn't make it. Are you kidding me? Ten minutes in Listen water polo. Listen to this. <laughs> they tread water the All entire right, so time. Exactly. This is where I'm going with this. So, I guess if you want to bring race into this, you know, black people, African Americans, we're not known to be like. Water polo players. Or swimmers. Strong swimmers for that matter. So. I've spent a lot of time working at summer camp. So if you ever work at a summer camp uh, or go to summer camp like you have, you have to take a swim test. Well, you know, like the swim test isn't difficult like swimming the laps. I think it's like two lengths of the uh, water area, area, whatever it is. But then after that, you have to tread water. I don't have time for that. At that time in my life, I did not have time for that. You failed the swim test? (laughs) that I really failed it. So what I will say is this. It's your fault for the stereotype. It took took me uh, two days to complete the test. And in my defense, it was in upstate New York in the summertime. It's definitely not the South. So it was actually very cold. I want to say it was in the 40s. And so maybe the high 40s. It was in the morning. So I swam the two lengths that were required. But I was freezing cold. Um, and I was like, I'm a grown man. Like, you can't make me tread water. I'm leaving. And so the uh, director of swim was, she was like, if you don't tread water, you will not be coming down here to get in the, um, at the lakefront ever. And I was like, oh, that's not a problem. Because my job doesn't require me to get into the water. That's why these lifeguards are out here. I'm just supposed to make sure my kids get to their swim instruction. Well, then I go into my interview with the head staff or the senior staff, and the very first thing they asked me was, "Why did you not tread water?" Oh, you were the you were the uh, you were the talk of the camp for two days. <laughs> and I, I said, "Because it was cold, I will tread water tomorrow." I learned treading water is not easy. Uh, but I mastered that skill throughout the summer. So I always gave myself something to do. And for some reason, it was always related to water. So I learned how to kayak, almost died, but I learned and I successfully mastered the T-roll. I've gone windsurfing, which actually seems boring, but it's very relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you. I can canoe like a freaking champ um, by myself with someone, whatever. Best J-stroke ever. Uh, I think those are the three things. Surfing, can't do it. I can paddleboard under certain conditions. If I'm on the lake, I'm a professional paddleboarder. 
You put me in the ocean. Put, put a few waves in there. <laughs> it changes a little bit. You put me in the ocean. I'm just going to be be probably looking like a whale out there, honestly. So I don't know why people want a paddleboard in the well, ocean. Just just for reference, whales are never on a paddleboard, so I'm guessing that's 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 the reason why it you know, so applies it, Are you here. calling me big, though? Um, no, not necessarily. I, I was saying you wouldn't be on the paddleboard because you would be knocked off by the waves more than – Okay, not, yes, sir. But. Yes, sir. I'm going to see if our email works. Please feel free to email us questions. Um, do you have any disclaimers? We're not responding to ignorance. I am not responding to Oh, ignorance. I will definitely. That's what I'm here for. Yes, you can respond. Um, bring on the ignorance. I feel like we probably could have a good ignorant conversation. Me and whoever sent the email. Yeah, you can, but I will not be responding to ignorant comments. So, yes, our email address is catfishingcornbread34 at gmail.com. Ooh, it's official. It is official. All right. So I'll have to give you the password, too. All right. So what do you think people want to hear from us? Honestly, I think. From a wishing standpoint. Um. I hope this turns into like kind of every person's uh, escape where, you know, we can talk about things maybe that people want to hear through the email system. But, you know, I, I think that it, it's one of the things that I, you know, we've, we're meeting talking about maybe doing this is like everybody has a theory. Everybody is so polarized. Everybody is so, um, you know, just, just, at ends, it seems like with me, especially with the politics and stuff like that, that I think people want to escape from all that. They just want to. This would be a great escape to a certain degree because we will get political eventually. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, it, it, when you watch guys now, it's like I gave, I used, I used to be very politically engaged. I'd say I'm somewhat politically engaged now, but when you hear everybody now, would you know, it's like these guys are saying that and these guys are saying that. And you're going, well, at least I am. I'm going well. I don't know if I believe either. You know what I mean. Right. So it's just it's 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 one of those things where I, I think people are. You know, I think people just want to hear a realness. Well, I think that's both of us. I would hope. Extremely authentic and don't hold back. I just like you said earlier, am a little bit more PG in my response or responses, probably more I'm, so than you. Yeah, and I'm PG thirteen. Hmm. I think it depends on the topic. It may. Um, I think you may start off PG-13. I think I'm going to try to – I'm definitely going to try to stay that way because I don't want to – I mean, I, I know that, uh, you know, working with kids and everything, a lot of times you have to be uh, reserved, and I never, you know, want to be a bad example uh, right. for a lot of our students and stuff. And a lot of those guys, uh, I've had someone come to me and be like, hey, when's your, when's your podcast coming out? You know, like kids that I hadn't really talked to much. And yeah. I'm like, hey, check it out. And so I'd never want to – you know, never want to mislead them or, or – or because there's a lot of things, especially nowadays, I th- and I've said this all, I said this to my kids all the time. This time in the world, we expect them to be have access to the most information that anybody their age has ever had. But we also do not, ex- as 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 a society or as a culture, whatever you want to call it, do not expect them to act adult. Everything is pushing the adulthood further back. Right. And they recently changed the, uh, the tobacco, smoking, yeah, tobacco, yeah, to 21. And I'm like, guys, you know, I'm not sure that that's the way it needs to go. 
Not that I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. I don't think I don't I don't think kids should smoke. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, um, you know, these kids need to be taught and explained to, and all these things because they have the access to this stuff, and 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 so much stuff is going on, and mo- nearly every one of them have a smartphone in their pocket. They can access right. nearly anybody's opinion at anywhere in the world at any given time. So instead of pushing the responsibility of adulthood back on them, I think it needs to be thrust forward a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, um, what do you think they're doing in other countries to kind of, I guess, educate their teenagers? I don't, I don't have a clue, man. I wish uh, that's something maybe I probably need to read about or, or something, but you know, I mean, I know like, um, in the, at least Asian American culture, there's a big like responsibility with schooling and and stuff like that. I mean, like kids are literally spend 10 hours a day studying and schooling and all this stuff. And it's such a big deal and you can see it. Uh, kind of pay off um, with certain situations on, you know, the, the highest performing groups and different things of right. that nature. And, like, um, you know, I know a lot of people, like a lot of Americans would say that's too much. You know what I mean? Or that's that's not, you know, and I'm going, well, I don't, I mean, I guess it depends on what you want because it could be too much. Uh, but it also could be, I mean, if you want to get into Harvard, uh, you know, I mean, they had to release the, the, well, I can't remember what it was. I have to look it up. But the stereotypes and how, like, I mean, an Asian an Asian American person had to score higher than anybody. Even, I mean, it was oh, Asian sure. score, and then because they were trying to um, diversify and right. all this stuff, and, and and it literally created inequalities. And they were the most discriminated against group. Like an Asian female would have to score like sixty points higher on the ACT than than a, than a white male. And you know, it was just like, well, I don't know. That, that's definitely not fair. Um, but if that's the kind of groundwork they have, then maybe they got to do what they got to do to, you know, as achieve a parent, level. you as a parent with a family, what are some lessons I guess that you teach your children or you and your wife are teaching your children as they're growing up as it pertains to dear education? I, I, I teach them this way. If they succeed, this is a lesson that I think is very important. Uh, it's, it's actually one of the rules that I've written down. Uh, if you are successful in this world, it will be because of you and many other people. Um, and so to always remember that. Stay humble because there's going to be somebody who helped you, somebody who taught you, somebody who drove you there, somebody who encouraged you, um, somebody who held you to a high standard. If you're successful, then it's, that's the reason why, because of you and many your efforts and many other people's efforts. But if you fail, that's on you. Um, and there's nobody else to blame. And that's kind of the way, um, you know, we view it as a household is that, you know, if you're going to fail, I actually ripped that from, uh, uh, golly, my mind's going, is it Damon? The the guy that developed FUBU, the Shark Tank okay. guy, uh, yeah. Damon, I can't remember, is it John? I can't remember his last name. But anyway, um, he's a short black guy on Shark Tank. Um, he, um and that's what he said. He said, if he succeeds, it's because of many people. He fails, it's on him. And, and I think that's just the, that's the way you got to look at it. And, and that's not the way we look at it. You know, as coaches, I can tell you right now, if somebody fails nowadays, it's somebody else's fault. Well, it's course. the referees, it's the coach, oh, it's the this, referees. it's the that. You know, and I just don't, I don't accept that. Um, and we try not to accept it as an excuse in our household. Um, so that's what I try to do. Now I'm blessed very much. My daughter is 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 like uh, top of the chart in all the measurables. My son is does really well, uh, and he's pretty athletic. So, um, you know, but dealing with failure is always difficult. And 
As a coach, how do you, and you've been coaching for quite some time, and you've coached probably several different sports. So how have you taught your athletes to kind of deal with failure or fight through the adversity? Yeah, uh, we, in the common, common phrase I always try to use is we either win or we learn. You know, we don't believe in losing. Um, and so I have learned a lot <laughs> in my life. Uh, but uh, we still try to, you know, everything's an experience uh, to, to be taken from and, and, and not to focus on circumstances around you, but becoming the best you can be uh, in all these circumstances is very important. Um, and like I said, people are so adversarial by nature. I think that, you know, I think you can look at it even politically. That's one of the things that has been plugged into now is like everybody's pushed in two groups. Um, and I try to tell all my athletes, look, man, it, there's, there's what you want to accomplish and then there's how you accomplish it. Right. And there's not another group out there. Um, if, if you want to accomplish something, uh, and, and cause, cause the metrics are written, you know what I mean? I mean, like you, you know, I mean, like you can pull up right now, I'm going to coach football. Um, you can pull up the bench press of the average college entry division one player. I mean, you can pull up the size, you can pull up the squat, the power clean, all that stuff. It's out there. Um, now, if we're going to talk about it and you want to do that and you ignore that metric, that's foolish. All right. Um, and so that's something, you know, we, the weight room has always been everywhere I've went is the weight room is a big forefront. Um, it's, well, I think it's a good way to measure, um, I guess, the readiness of your athlete. Yeah, from a absolutely. Standpoint, yeah, for sure. And so, and as, as those things keep pushing down, and, and I think that's the biggest difference between now and 30 or 40 years ago. Um, is like you used to be strong, and that was a, you know, that was something you were. Yeah. Let's say, nowadays that don't happen anymore. If you're strong, it's something you've done. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you put in the work. Um, you can be stronger than most people when you start, but there's somebody out there that's out working you for that spot. And so, um, it's something we try to teach kids all the time. It's it's a great discipline. It's great health. Uh, it's great injury preservation or prevention. I guess I should say, um, and. That, you know, those are type things that, you know, I think are important. So, you know, you, er, you, what you want to accomplish is not unique to you normally. You know, there's somebody that's done it. There's somebody who's taken that path. So you got to look at those things and realize the commitment that it takes. I guess I'm take. I guess I'm, well, I know I'm being a little bit more cynical here now because as a coach and a former college athlete, uh, just don't think that student athletes today are willing to work, you know. Yeah, it blows my mind that you know, in a split second they have this desire to accomplish um, goals. Like I want to go be a college athlete, but when I say I need you to do X, Y, and Z, it's like yeah, you've lost your mind. Well, I think it's uh, I think there's a combination of things. I have to be very careful here because uh, you know my wife does own a club business, but I think you know in in the United States of America, if you ever look at it. We put athletics in our school programs. Um, that was very fundamental. Um, it was fundamental to teamwork, understanding your role, mm -hmm. being able to work well with others, be able to take coaching, discipline, all the commitment that it took. Um, in, in England, per se, or some other parts of the world, they didn't do that. If you go there, there's no high school sports. It's all club-driven. Um, and so as that model has crept into ours, which I'm a big fan of the club model, I think it helps people prepare, you know, AAUs and, and, and basketball associations right. or whatever, all does good. But 
at the end of the day, it's a customer paying. So a paying customer, I mean, Walmart taught us, you know, 50 years ago that the customer's always right. Um, and so there's a big dynamic that's hitting right there with, with that same type mentality you see. Um, this kind of bleeding into high school sports through travel league baseball and travel volleyball and club soccer and all these things. And you're having kids who in some sports are literally complete, competing at the club level and becoming college athletes and not even having to play, right. uh, which I think is, 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 is grossly wrong for our culture. I don't think it's what we intended. Uh, and I think the people who are not looking at that or allowing that to happen uh, don't realize the consequences because the reason why we taught, you know, getting to play college sports, I mean, they're, they're making money. I mean, there's schools now who sign like 100 baseball players, yes. 100 basketball players. Yes. 100 kids are never, ever going to get on the floor. But they know they can give them a $2,500 scholarship a year, and then they can cover up the rest of that $30,000 tuition with with some money or some grant money or, or some somebody's mom. check. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and so it's become a money-making scheme, and these kids are chasing pipe dreams to be college athletes, which, again, I'm not anti-college athlete, but I am anti-lying to a kid. Right. And, and, these, and, these, and these teams are playing like intramural schedules. Well, yeah, I was about to say, I, you know, I don't ever recall having a JV team at my institution. Yeah. Um, and you see that now. Oh, yeah. A lot of places. Oh, you'll see they'll have three or four deep. And they'll yeah. play inter-squad. And it's, it's like, guys, um, the amount of time it's required of you, you know. They're, the colleges are – and I've seen it in baseball is the one I guess I'm most familiar with. But they have – and I'm not even really familiar with that. So, But it's like they have their own farm league of these kids who come in and, and, and they're required. And, and college have actually required rosters to carry more kids. Uh, to in, keep enrollment up, and kids are doing it right. where they can play sports and say they're a college athlete. So, um, you know, I, I'm i not a fan, man. Um, you know. I would love to know the if. I'm sure there's statistics out there for the amount of kids who are dropping out when they realize they're like the 99th player on the team. Oh, yeah. So are they I'm, staying at the institution? Yeah. Or I, are they going elsewhere? Well, I, you know, I couldn't believe, you know, and even the transfer rules you see um, in big-time college football now. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't even want to – I mean, it's a job. You know, I mean, you play oh, college trust. athlete. I play yes. college. Yeah, I mean, we, we know what that's like. And, and it is a job. And it, it's not – you're not playing because you love to play anymore. Um you are able to do it at the worst times because you love to play. Right. And, um, and a lot of people don't understand it. There's all this glory that goes on with it. And, I, and that's one of the things that I try. You know, it's like, and you talk about club athletics and how expensive it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, again, if you have the means to provide for your children to let them play club, then I would say that is a good experience if it's handled correctly. But I, I've had, I mean, early on when we started something, I mean, people was like, yeah, I'm hoping we can do this and they can earn a scholarship. And, I mean, we're talking about a 9-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old kid. Uh, well, hey, if you took that money uh, and you put it in the right investment where they wouldn't tax it and you just added all that money up, chances are you're going to get right. more than a scholarship is going to get you if you're, the, if you're the 57th person on a roster. Um, so it, it financially don't make sense. But, but again, that's uh, like everybody wants it now. They want to be gratified. I remember you said that while ago, and it reminded me when I was coaching uh, – when I coached girls volleyball uh, years ago at Spartanburg High School, I, um, I, I always had them make goals. And, and one kid's original goal off the bat was win state. And I'm like, dear Lord, man, that's, that's uh, you know, not that, not that, I mean, I understand the goal, but when we come and, and I mean, you know, you're making 70% of summer practices. 
Exactly. You know, you know yeah, what I mean? It's like, exactly. It's like there's there's a disconnect there on on the cost of what it takes to be that yeah. good. You right. know what I mean? And 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 it's not. I mean, that's a that's. I think that's everywhere I've ever been. Right now, I think it's. So, I, I really think it's everywhere. So I think yeah, I think it's just teaching kids and, and trying to educate parents. That, hey, listen, this is this is the way you know. This is the type of things that you got to do. These are the type of things that need to happen. This is the level the kid has to perform at to even have a shot. I mean, I tell them every year, the NFL cuts 50% of their roster. They bring in over 100 guys for the camp, and they cut half of them. They get down to a 53-man roster, 54-man roster, something like that. Though, number 55 was a stud. Absolutely. I mean, number 65 was a stud. All right? You're going to get – even those last – this first 10 or 12 cuts, those guys can play. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when you look at that and you, and you, you know, and, and these kids, you know, you hear it so much about I'm going to do this or, you know, my son talks about I want to play in the NBA. I'm like, dude, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. Go hard, you know, go after it. But understand that they're probably not going to be, I mean, I don't know how many five tenors there are in the NBA right now. I mean, Mosley does. Yeah, everybody points yeah. to him, one guy over the past fifty years. Spud Webb, two yes. guys. Okay, yeah, don't say one guy. Two guys. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, two guys. How how tall is Steve Nash? Uh, he's like six one. Okay, <laughs> let's put him in there too. It's pretty no, short. That's, no, no, that's yeah. a lot. No, dude. I mean, you could uh, a six one person could definitely post up someone who's five ten, but there's hope. I would guarantee yeah. you that with John every, Stockton. I would guarantee you with every inch you how got tall taller. How tall John Stockton? I don't know. That's good. But how tall do you think he was? I'm gonna say. I'm probably going to say 6'1", honestly. How tall was John Stockton? 6'1", good call. So I would say that every inch you go up, the percentage of you being able to make it to the next level increases and until you hit. And when you hit like 6'5", six, or 6'6", six, six, now we're talking – a considerable amount of people that are that height in the NBA. Right. Yes. And again, that has nothing to do with your skill skill level. Nothing. Dude, six. I was watching the night. This guy seven four. All right. I talked with Sean Bradley. Oh, he's huge. He, his daughter played volleyball, and we, and we used to run into him at uh, volleyball tournaments. <laughs> he come walking in. He was a mountain of a man. Is his daughter a mountain of a woman? Uh, she is. Girl, um, lady, mm-hmm. young lady. I mean, Sorry. you'd always know. I mean, she she was. She was oh, that's got to be Bradley's kid. Um, because Did she swing it? Uh, yeah. what I remember of her, I hadn't seen him in years because okay. she was, I mean, it's probably, golly, I don't know how long we've been doing that now, but it was early on when we'd see him, but he come, I'm pretty sure they were at regionals and we used to have a regional tournament up in, uh, Charlotte, which it just changed this year, but I've probably been up there eight years, 10 years now, something like that. And, uh, Sean Bradley come walking in. I was like, God, that guy had to do something. And somebody said, yeah, Sean Bradley. And I was like, he is a monster. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was seven foot. I mean. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like, there's nothing. There's no skill that makes up for that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. There's nothing. Yeah. And so, so when these kids have these dreams and stuff, you're like, dude, you got to realize that, you know. And 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 I'm not crushing dreams. I'm just pointing what? out the facts. <laughs> and so, you know. It's being a realist. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Um. So, anyway, we're to, we're like 51 minutes now. So. Just letting you know. Oh, I wasn't worried about the time. I know. Are you worried about the time? Not at all. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know if you well. wanted to, uh, you know, if we need to get into the uh, some of the material we had from the first one that got scrapped. 
we can, uh, you know, one of the, I guess, I, I'm not going to say it was my favorite, but I just like to know, like, what you wish for. Oh, yeah, the wishes. Yeah. That was good, the wishes. That was really good. Yeah, let's see. Um, three, three wishes. Three wishes. We kind of, like, fed off of each other. Yeah, we did. Um, Maybe you copied me. I don't think so. I think you copied me more. I think I think exactly the quote. I listened to it the other day, and I think the exact quote was, you took two of mine, and I took one of yours. Just saying. We can roll back the footage if we need to. All right. It's, it's lost. We're not going to We're gonna put that out there. We don't want to embarrass all well, these No, no, I'm not saying to put it out there for everyone else, just the two of us. Like, we could see. So, wish we number one, it, the, the conversation was, if we were to uh, become Aladdin, was that the conversation? It was, just, it was just Heidel Genie in a Bottle, but I mean. Oh, I like Aladdin better. All right, All right. Aladdin. Um, if we a were whole to come, new world. A whole new world. Speaking of that, I seen that on Disney Plus the other day, and you're not a Star Wars nerd, are you? I am not. You're geek point again. Uh, yeah. I, okay, let me see. Here I go. I should not have said that. Sorry to you Star Wars people. I'm not calling you geeks i'm just have you ever seen a star wars convention i have not Uh, i would imagine that there are a lot of people who are geeks yeah but i think that people may take that word term and think a negative connotation so i don't want that it's not my style god bless you but anyway um i know you don't care you have no feelings that's not that it's just that dude own it that's what you are i mean i don't mind like star wars if that makes me a geek guess what you're a geek that's what i'll be okay um the mandalorian uh, which is a spinoff of Star Wars on Disney Plus. Pretty awesome. I do have Disney Plus, so maybe I should watch this. It's about Baby Yoda. Like, uh, it's pretty cool. Okay, anyway, I'm uh, <laughs> um, I got a Yoda Christmas ornament. So, Star Wars. No, uh, Genie. Yeah, Genie Wish Number One. Uh-huh. Um, Genie Wish Number One for me would be I would want to be like instantaneous in like five languages. Just like, just be able to like hand pick them, just like cherry pick them, just be like Mandarin, Spanish, uh, French, German, and one to be named later. Italian. Yeah, no. No? No, probably. uh, An African language. That would be amazing. I would probably pick another like Japanese. Oh, boring. Maybe. Boring. French is so hard. Mm-hmm. So hard. I took a French class. Talk about a struggle bus. <laughs> after we, uh, after we I talked. I passed because it was the midnight hour and there was a malfunction that was not my fault. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. I it bet. really was not my fault. Ah. I was so thrilled. Um, but after we talked about that last time, I actually went on YouTube and I started looking at these guys who could like speak like perfect Mandarin and they would go up. What and about Hebrew? That'd be cool. That would be amazing. That'd be cool. Um, the, um, but they would like go up and shock these people. They would start talking to them, and it was like it was like I love things that break stereotypes. So it'd be like a person you would look at and you would never think they could speak perfect Mandarin or perfect. I, I started learning. There's like so many dialects of like the Chinese language yes, or whatever. Yes. Um, but. Uh, they would go up and start talking. It was pretty cool videos. When uh, you know they surprise them and start talking, and then uh, one guy, he was like a restaurant owner. He could speak like five languages, and the guy that could, was talking to him could speak them all. And he's like, "Yeah, but it's not perfect. It's not perfect." You know, kind of give him a hard time or whatever. But I like stuff like that. I actually started watching some videos trying to queue up on my Spanish again. Um, 
Good luck. Yeah. Be well. I'm not interested. Not you. No, I mean I, the little Spanish that I know, I enjoy because when I go to the Mexican restaurant, <laughs> you can order agua. Well, no, I mean they just love talking to me. I think it's just breaking stereotypes again, though. Yeah. You know, like they their faces light up. Hey, just so you know, everybody that ever hears this, the six people, they all can say nachos. Is that the one word you're using? No, but we're just going to go to my wish now since you are throwing shade and trying to be a dream crusher here. I guess my first wish. You know know what my first wish would be, honestly, is to travel anywhere free, like airfare free, not um, and lodging. But I know a lot of people... In a lot of different places, so I think my lodging would be okay. But just from a from a cost standpoint of the actual travel expense, I would want to do. You would that. want like a free pass from like American Airlines or something. Or Delta, Delta is my choice. Delta. Um, but yes, like I would want like and me, I would want from the time I park, someone to like open my door. The, the whole experience, like take my bag. My bag doesn't even have to go through security or any of those things. Like, should I? I actually don't even want to walk into the airport. I want someone to pick me up in a car and like drive. You know they to have the, back the uh, like the runway or something. They have like the global certification or something now. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't. There's some kind of um, where you don't have to. I'm hearing somebody talk about it. Like if you sign up for some like program, it pre-screens you with your passport and all that stuff and so it allows you to bypass a lot of that a lot of those uh it's like the fast pass like the disney like the fast pass for flying gosh have you ever flown out of atlanta airport oh god several times at first i loved it the thrill of the hustle and bustle but now as i started to travel more frequently i would much rather go to greenville although greenville is picking up and getting a little bit more busier than normal yeah i don't i don't ever um i mean First of all, I hate to fly. Love right? it. Why? Uh, I don't, it's just not being in control. And I know it's safer and all that. And I can fly. It's not that I can't fly, but it's just not my uh, choice. choice. Um, so the only time I fly is when there is no option to drive. Because you're going out of the country? Out of the country or it's just going to be. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, 20 so, hours or something yeah. like that, you know. Um, uh, last trip I had to take, we, we flew as a staff when I was at Spartanburg to Houston, Texas, when um, – Oh, my gosh. The head coach at the University of Texas, when he was still at Houston. Okay. Um, we, we flew there to kind of check out what he was doing um, as a staff thing and study under them and, and get ready. Uh, it was our spring um, kind of coaches deal. And I think that's the last time I flew. And I will fly, like, short flights. Like, if I got to go if, – if Amber's down, like, in Orlando or something, I got to fly down there and meet up with them, I'll do that. Um, but it is not – it is not what I want to do. I would fly if it was just an hour. Like I just oh, God, no. don't like driving. Dude, I was flying one time, and, and I and this is when I was young. We flew, we flew a good bit, and I had no. I guess because I was too stupid to realize, you know, how far how far a thirty five thousand foot fall would be. But <laughs> I'll never forget it. I, I I started getting nervous. Like um, when me and me and Amber went to the Bahamas one time, and I flew out west, and I was like, dude, this is this is not like I remember it when I was a kid. And so I had to fly down to Houston several times when I worked with Academy Sports and Outdoors. Their um, home office was in Katy, Texas, which okay. is right outside of Houston. So we had to fly into George W. Bush uh, 
or one of the international airports down there. And I would usually get on at Greenville, um, fly to Atlanta, and then fly to Houston. Oh, the worst. Yeah. And so um, I, I learned uh, early on that, like, all you got to do is watch the stewardess. If something happens out of the ordinary, like, that they've been up there before. So I was like, well, if they freak out, then I'll know it's serious. If not, so if I hear a noise, I'll look at the stewardess. If she don't react any kind of way, or if we hit turbulence, I'll look at the stewardess. If she's still handing out little peanuts and drinks, then you know you're yeah, I'm cool, you know. So we were sitting, I can't remember the size of the plane, but it was a big plane. I had a cabin, like a like a storage thing in the middle. Okay. And um, I've never flown first class, but we were, you know, uh, we wasn't in the back of the plane. We were in front of the cabin. I was actually sitting in the row right in front of the cabin that was in the middle of the plane, or I was probably midway back. And um, we were coming down. I also am like one of these dorks who know that like 95% of the plane crashes happen within like the ascent or the descent. So it's like once you get to the ascent, once you get to cruising, you know you're pretty good. And then on the descent, that's the biggest thing. And we were coming down. We were going to land in Atlanta. And, I mean, you know, when you fly from Greenville to Atlanta, the plane barely gets up in the air. Of you know, course, it's just, yeah. So we're starting to descent, and we're getting down pretty – I mean, I, I'm not – I mean, I can start recognizing, like, the, 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 the cars, you know. They're, they're – we're not way up, but we're high enough up to be bad. And um, I'm sitting right next to that thing, and I hear the most god-awful rap. The little jumper seat, you know, the little uh-huh. seat that they sit in yeah. when you land mm-hmm. is right next to me, and a sword sits right next to me, and she's sitting there. And I hear the most god-awful racket just right behind me. I mean, it slams. It, it, it's, it, it, it is reminiscent of the chandelier falling in the Phantom of the Opera. Just watch okay. it. Right behind me, and I'm like, "Oh my God!" And I turn and look at that stewardess, and her eyes are as big around as softballs. She jerks off her seatbelt and takes off running down the aisle. And I did not know what to do, like I was literally um, helpless. Like, yeah, it's like, "Oh my God, well this is it. This is how it ends for you know old Clay." And um, anyway, so she she didn't run like she ran like right around the corner. I couldn't see because of the wall there. Right. And then like 20 seconds later, she hops back in her seat. She buckles it down. She says. I forgot to lock the wheels on that cart. She had put a cart in that thing, and it had rolled forward and slammed. That probably was going to be it. And, dude, I I had to go uh, find underwear uh, in Atlanta. (laughs) It was horrible. I'll never forget that. I was like, oh, my gosh. That would be horrible. Yeah, it was bad. My my very first flight was probably the worst flight. Um, Actually, I was on my way to Australia, um, and my mom – had told me that if the pilot says you're experienced turbulence, that it was okay. Like, just the plane may shake or something. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I was 17, I think. So, and we were in Charlotte flying to L.A. when this happened. And out of L.A., we flew straight to Australia. And the pilot comes. We may have been in the air for an hour or so, chilling, relaxing, you know, I'm 17 looking out the window like a you know a little kid Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the pilot comes over like all right everyone put on your seat belts um we're gonna experience some some turbulence and my mind just i lost it like i i say that i'm mentally tough because of this one moment um tears are literally like i'm not crying but tears are rolling Mm-hmm. down my face and this little old lady <laughs> grabs my hand <laughs> she says son you're gonna be okay turbulence just means that we're probably gonna some strong winds and the plane may rock but nothing's gonna happen and I said no 
I think we're about to die. Yeah. When I it's, tell you I kissed over. When I tell you I kissed the ground. Yeah. When we landed at LAX. I couldn't have been more happier. And thankfully, we had like an eight hour layover so I could compose myself. You could regroup. Um, back to and the get my board. life together before I got back on the plane. Yeah, oddly enough, I have a kiss the ground story when I was about uh, the same age. I think I was a little bit younger. I was like 15 and I was flying. It was when I was going up to uh, summer camp at uh, Center Harbor, New Hampshire. And I had to switch planes in Charlotte. I was flying by myself. And I'm not mistaken, it's the first time I ever flew by myself. I think I was 15 years old or just had turned 16. Um, okay. So you wouldn't have been an unaccompanied minor. On the flight. I don't so, think so. Because yeah, that's, yeah, yeah uh, nobody cared about me. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> dude, I was, I was starving and I had like an hour layover. And so I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm experiencing the world by myself, 15 years old. You know, I got a book bag on, you Were know. Were you in Maine or? No, I was at Charlotte. In Charlotte. And I just okay. had made, I'd made my first flight, got off. You know, I was big stuff. I mean, nobody I knew that was 15 exactly. flew, you know. So I, I was, so I was like, dude, I'm going to go up here to Burger King and I'm going to get me. A chicken sandwich combo because I'm hungry, you know, and that's what I ate back then. So um, I remember sitting in that line and it taking forever, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm like sitting there checking my watch. And back then, I guess they still got them in Charlotte. I don't know. I haven't been there in years. Last time we flew out of there, we were headed down to Bahamas. It was probably eight years ago, but um, that's not true. We flew out there when we went to Houston. But anyway, they had. They got the walk, the rolling sidewalks, like the Jetsons. Uh-huh. You know, and that was super cool to me. Like, you could just stand on the sidewalk, and it'd carry you down the little thing. Can't stand those things, but whatever. Um, so, so, dude, I finally get my chicken sandwich. And I'm like, my plane, I know it's got to be boarding. Um, and so I'm freaking out because I'm like, I'm going to miss this plane. My mom's going to be like, what in the world are you doing? So I take off running. I got this book back on. I'm running. I got my Burger King, my cup, you know. <laughs> And I am running, and I was like, oh, hey, the sidewalk is clear. The, the, the Jetson sidewalk is clear. So I hit that thing, and I am floating, son, you know, because I, I got the, I mean, I am floating down through there. And, and I guess I knew, maybe my, my understanding of physics wasn't quite, quite great enough, but I knew that when I hit the ground, ground again, it the was going to be, ground. yeah, it was going to, like, sh- shake me up a little bit, um, like I was going extra fast. But I didn't know how much it was going to be. Um, but the, the best thing is is that I ate the ground, and I think I hit my elbows, and I didn't spill my drink, and I kept the bag of food up and, like, fell and got back up, and I made it. And when I, when I got back on, they were, it, said, it said the lady just had made a call for now I'm boarding. Anybody left? You know, blah, blah, blah. So I made it. Oh, you made it. Yeah, I did. And you I was, want to test my anxiety or stress level? I will be at the airport three hours before my flight takes off. Can't do anything less than that. It's not going to happen. No, I hate it. I get a stress bump on my face. I hate it. I hate it. If there's one reason why I'm so upset, uh, this probably is not, you know, politically correct or whatever, but if there's one that I feel like so aggravated when I have to fly for no other reason. I am always the guy they pick out of the line to do some other test on. Like you were randomly selected. And it, it, random my butt. 
Because there's no way I would randomly be picked. Every time I go, I mean, they'll, they'll, you don't know that. Yes, I do. No, you don't know that. Dude, they swapped my hands maybe one time. Maybe you have good luck they or bad luck. They swapped my hands. Not bad luck, but, you know, maybe you're just the chosen they, one. They swapped my hands. You know, you, stand there, you can't wear a belt. You know, you don't need to wear shoes that you, you can't take, take off. off. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, anyway, I'm going through, and they're like, uh, step right over here, sir. And I'm always like, Why? well, I'm, my plane's that way. And they're like, uh, just hold your hand. And I'm like, what are y'all doing to me? It's always saying. That's the problem, though. You're so confrontational. Just listen. I do listen, but I'm oh, dude. Without the commentary. Well. I, I just fundamentally have yes, a problem sir. with somebody. I mean, I was like, what are y'all doing? And they were like swiping these things over my hands and then going and putting them under this light. So we'll make sure you didn't have anything. That's what they said. So well, it, can tell if, it can tell if uh, you've been handling any explosives or gunpowder, yeah. is you, what she maybe said. Maybe you look like you handle things like that. Well, I mean, I, chances are I probably handled some gunpowder at some point. That's what I was like. Well, what, I, mean, what, I mean, what are we doing? Anyway, they're like, okay, you're good. I'm like, well, thanks, guys. We go on. And maybe it was just them training someone. You know, I don't see it. I'm, I'm be honest with you, and this is kind of a big deal to me. I don't see a. There's not a bigger fundamental encroachment of freedom. Okay. Right now, than when you fly. I mean, taking pictures of people. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Not that I don't understand it. Okay. Who's taking pictures? They are. They of put what? you in that thing where it looks at you without. Your oh, to make sure. You- okay. All right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's like when you have to do this. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always think about some, if someone like can't do that. Oh, know? they have another way, where, way you can go and all this stuff. Blah, like what blah, if blah. you like dislocated your shoulder or something? Uh, go look, at, go yeah. look at some of them pictures of them TSA guys like hand inspecting people. And look at where they put their hands and tell me you're okay with that. You have a lot of time on your hand. What is your second wish? Second wish. Yeah, I'd want to have. My, I would. It was along the same lines of the travel thing, but I'd want to have enough money to where I could be able to experience the world as I seen fit that day. Okay. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So if it's fly to Vegas, if it's fly overseas, whatever it is, just go experience it. Um, outside of the Bahamas, I guess we do. We consider the Bahamas overseas. I went over an ocean. Okay. Um, That's wh- the closest I've ever been. Place You'd want to go. Um, I definitely want to do Europe. I want to go okay. go kind of tour Europe. Um, I would love to do Japan. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I wasn't even going to ask. I've actually looked into it. I want so bad to get me like an old antique uh, samurai suit of armor. Just walk around my house in it. <laughs> I actually Can you walk down your street? Yeah. Walk like down. you're marching? Yeah. Looking do something somebody like Somebody would probably call the cops. They would, though. They'd be okay, though. I was in my armor. <laughs> no, that lifestyle's always been very interesting to me, the discipline and the warrior mindset. And uh, samurai actually means servant, Yeah. which most people don't know, which, you know, you think about samurai and you think about, like, this violent group of people, but um, I don't think that's probably accurate. Um, I think they probably could be very violent, but um, that's a very interesting culture identity kind of to me so i would definitely want to go to japan spend you know a little bit of time there like two weeks oh maybe even like two months you'd probably stick out like a sore thumb oh absolutely and you'd appreciate that you'd love that you would definitely embrace it oh yeah i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind i mean that's the whole point right is experience something that's unique to you right yeah i don't i don't know where i would want to go overseas 
I would definitely go back to Australia for sure. But I was gonna go. You know what? What I've always thought about is like West Africa. Oh yeah. Like Senegal or the Congo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be cool. Have you seen? But not- I'm not really like a. <laughs> rustic individual yeah no no you need to stay in the hotel <laughs> have you seen that's the thing though like yeah. i i would want to do like experience the lifestyle um culture if you will but like i yeah you want to do it through room service i'd probably like need to know like i got a nice bed you know what i'm saying yeah i understand so there's, there's definitely a piece in that have you seen like do you watch netflix stuff no um, I don't really watch a whole lot of television. I don't. I don't watch. A lot I of, write a lot. Yeah, I don't write up, watch a lot of television either. But I do like because we're spending so much time like waiting when I'm at these volleyball tournaments and stuff, right. and traveling, and then you're in a hotel room, and like uh, TV is terrible. But Netflix is pretty much cornered the market. But they got a thing out right now called Narcos. Uh, it's about um, Pablo Escobar. Okay. And like his rise. Um, and I've just started. It's like three seasons, but I just started. I'm on like episode two or three, but. Um, and it's talking about the uh, Colombian uh, cocaine trade. Um, but watching that has got me interested and kind of want to go down there and experience like um, uh, that, just like seeing the sites and the, and the towns okay. and all that stuff um, and seeing, because those guys, um, you know, that dude was a pretty pretty bad dude. Right. Um, I didn't realize he got elected to Congress. I didn't know that either. I don't know. I mean, what you, season are you on? The first one? Yeah, or? just the first one. I'm okay. like in episode two or three. I just started it like two nights ago. Okay. Um, and so I can binge watch. So if I get a day off, like if I have nothing to do, well, everything's got. Uh, it's Once not much. Every two months. Yeah, it's not much. But I can literally sit down and watch like five episodes back to back. Um, and then like um, you know, Kylie had a uh, the, the robotics team out of Star. How'd they do? Uh, uh, they, well, they didn't do as well as they'd like, I don't think. But they did make it to the state tournament. That was a big accomplishment for them. And one of the things that I realized is, like, that thing runs up to 14 years old. So, like, the teams, a lot of the teams that were that won that thing were all, like, oh, ninth all graders. Yeah. You know, college in the fourth grade. Yeah. You know, or, and, and they probably have a little bit more resources. Um. Yeah, but shout out to those teachers, man. I was telling them about this. Those teachers that help help those guys with that thing, it's obvious. Like, they let the kids do it. And they succeed or fail on their own merit. You know what I mean? Like, right. And that's a big deal. Because, you know, like, I mean, you all, you remember when we grew up, he was a science project dude, and you could always tell the kid that come in and his dad had built oh, it or whatever. Oh, and his mom, yeah. absolutely. And, like, and so I'm, I'm anti that big time. Like, I'm like, well, no, you tell me what you want to do, and I might explain it, but you're going to do it. I got, I, I got the only time, well, not the only time, in middle school, this just brought back a memory. I was in ISS, believe it or not. And actually, I was in ISS twice, once in the sixth grade, once in the eighth grade. It was written up by the same teacher, my science teacher. Um, and then sixth grade, it was a science project. Uh, I did it all by myself very proud of it. I thought it was amazing, you know. Um, and my friend, I won't call his name, but um, his mom is a science teacher. So he comes in with this most elaborate project. He makes 105 because he got some extra credit for some reason. I don't even know. It wasn't even an option on the rubric, but 105, I have my own theory. And I make a 79. 
you talk about lost my mind. Now, I should have gotten ISS, okay? But. You earned it. I remember telling her, like, you are ridiculous. Like, I did my own project and got a 79. If that's what I earned, sure, give me a 79. But this mug, you you know that his mom did this. Like, he's only talked about it every day before it was due, that his mom was doing this project. And you give him 105. Like, that's jacked up. And she says, you're disrespectful. I'm writing you up. I don't know if you believe this or not, but I got ISS and suspension <laughs> way more than one time in sixth grade, one time in eighth grade. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Eighth grade, it was the same thing. I mean, it was a different situation, but you know, I was in a class. It was a gifted class, but the kids who were in there, their parents were influencers of our community in some capacity, whether it was the pastor, the pharmacist, Title IX coordinator, teacher, in some realm, right? I, they were my friends. They're still my friends, but we were all talking. All of us were talking to one another. And who did she call? Cheyenne. Mm. Same teacher. What's your bubbly personality, and man? People no, are drawn well, to you. It was, just, it was ridiculous. And I said, here you go again, showing favoritism like we were when we were in the sixth grade. You brought it up again? I did. So one ISS was not enough. You had to get two to realize that, hey, man, let it go. I wasn't wrong, though. Sometimes uh, being right's not worth it. Maybe, but anyways, that was the only time I've ever had ISS. Twice, I'm sure you lived in there. I got ISS in ISS before, like been in ISS and had to get more ISS. Because you couldn't keep your mouth shut? No, it was because they required, like stupid stuff always gets me. Like I usually can get by with the big things, like if I want to skirt the rules. And I'm a very cost-benefit person. It's like I can do this 30 times and I might get caught once. I'll just go in there and serve it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, they got me this right. time. You know, it's not that big of a deal. But one time um, I uh, didn't have – they used to require us to wear IDs in school. Uh, school. Yeah. And you had to wear them around your neck. And they had this clear, um, like, band that was supposed to be breakaway that was like so, – you could have choked three people before you even broke one. But anyway – I always forgot my ID. That was what I, I got me in trouble a lot. And so I had learned that um, if you just had one around your neck, most of the time people didn't know. So if you, if you forgot your ID, you'd just be like, hey, has anybody got an extra ID or whatever? And I would throw it on. And they did an ID check in ISS. And it was like one of the things they did every day. And so the teacher came around and was like, look. And so I held mine up. Yeah, and she it. walked on, and I dropped it down, and she walked up one more, and then she stopped and backed up and said, wait a minute. And I went, darn it. And the infamous Gary Adams, the I shouldn't say the famous, he's not infamous, but the, the famous Gary Adams uh, come and got me that day and said, you're going to have to, I think I ended up, I can't remember if it was ISS again or ASD, but he got me Which again. Which is worse, ASD or ISS? It well, depends to a, on the kid. Yeah, to, to me, both of them are torture. I mean, I would hate it. I still hate it. I hate the idea of it. I got to watch. Part of my duty is watching ISS for lunch. I can't stand them kids. I mean, oh, and that's no. the way it should be. You know what I mean? I mean, I agree with it. It's a, <coughs> you know, all discipline is to change behavior, right? Right. And so I, I one of the problems I think I had in the past uh, is that sometimes ISS in some places are not that way. And it needs to be that way. And I've been in schools where it's not that way, and I've been in schools where it is that way. And the schools that it is that way 
where it's a little bit of torture mm-hmm. uh, typically have better results. And I think that's – I've actually seen that change here at our school now. Like yeah, it, well, yeah. the location has changed yeah, for the, sure. Yeah, the location has changed and the rules and the expectations have changed. <laughs> and I think – I mean, you see less kids in there. And um, <laughs> I just – I'm laughing because, you know, kids in ISS, they think that they still have the same privileges as. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the whole lunch thing. Oh, know, yeah. It's they can't. They just have to get whatever's on the hot line. You can't get any pizza or yeah. the extra and having to wash tables. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, that's the way it should be, you know. The yeah, point no, is you, I, you, you I agree. Wrong. I definitely agree. But, um, you know, and I, and I feel because a lot of those kids, a lot of those kids, a lot of kids that demonstrate trouble in school are really having a lot of troubles elsewhere absolutely um so it's not really it's not unfair and it's not unjust but it is can be a lot for those kids so anyway i i enjoy it i enjoy that they have a a method that's you know not in your face but hey man you got to correct this you got to do this the right way so all right well do you want to wrap this up we still got oh. third wishes or something, don't we? I don't know where we're at. Anyway, we'll oh, go with two oh wishes. God. Our Jenny was uh, taking a uh, partial day, so we only get two. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we can wrap this up. Uh, and this concludes. Uh, well, you know, remember to email us at catfishandcornbread34 at gmail.com. And hopefully this thing will drop in the next two days so we can actually get some content out there for you guys. And uh, we look forward to hearing uh, from the two or three of y'all who are going to listen. Or ten or twenty, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can grow that. Um, and you'll have to share our post or link or both. Yeah, or all that. Yeah, or share it. Share it. Join. Subscribe. If you want to send any money, I can give you my address. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I would thought I did think that'd be cool if we could promote local business on here. If we get, I would love to promote local business. Yeah. So if you have a local business you want us to promote, and again, I'm uh, you know, um, or if you want us to come visit. Oh, yeah, anything like that. Definitely. Do do a little road show. Um, Well, until next time. Thank you for listening.